BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Show. I'm Devin Caney coming to you live from inside Ocean Casino and Resort uh, in the gallery. I will be joined shortly by Mike Massinelli, Derek Gunn, and of course Seth Joyner coming off a way too close Eagles victory over the Detroit Lions. The Pond the Hockey postgame show starts now. Post game show on 6abc.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar, Booking Games, Inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post game show underway. E A G L E S, Eagles. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the start of another Eagles season and the new Pond Lehockey Eagles postgame show. We are live right here from Ocean Casino and in Atlantic City. We're live on 6abc.com and YouTube Jacob Media Sports Network. I am Mike Missanelli, and I'm uh, honored to be working with my partners today. The great Derek Gunn, of course, been covering Eagles for a long time, and all-pro linebacker Seth Joyner. And uh, guys, a, a rather bizarre game in that we thought the Eagles were in control and it was going to be another routine Eagles win and here come the Lions with a couple of fourth quarter touchdowns to make it really interesting 
and the Eagles needed two really big first down conversions to lock this one up. What did you guys see? Well, I have said on the pregame show, one of my concerns going into this game was the fact that the first team offense and defense didn't give me any reps in preseason, and I thought they would come out and have a little bit of rust. They seemed to get rid of that rust real soon after Detroit went down and struck first. But, but then you could tell that especially the defense, this, this bend but don't break mentality, Seth, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm going to have to take a lot of uh, stomach medication before this season is over if this is the kind of defense we're going to have to watch the rest of the season. Well, listen, I told you, I told you guys that it's just not in Jonathan Gannon's DNA. I was shocked because I tweeted during the game. I was like, was that a zero blitz that I just seen Jonathan Gannon run? And, <coughs> excuse me, he did a couple, he blitzed a couple of times. But where you can really make hay is when you get a quarterback like Jared Goff, who's pressure adverse. And you can apply that pressure and you can really get some good things done. But there is no way in the world you can tell me that that offense is good enough with DeAndre Swift, Hockenstein, and one wide receiver, and they put 35 points up on this defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Is it possible, and I'm looking at this game, and it looked like the Eagles had it well in control. Is it possible that they relaxed a little bit, they relaxed defensively, and they played that bend but not break defense instead of taking chances to let them back in the game quickly? No, listen, I, I, I feel like in the first half, in the first quarter, I should say, they felt the pressure. I think Jonathan Gannon felt the pressure of having um, Detroit take the ball, you know, right down the field. You know, DeAndre Swift on that first series, he had six carries for 77 yards, yeah. and he, he – he, he capped it off with a touchdown. They come back the second series, and Jonathan dials up a couple of blitzes. Right. And now he, he applies the pressure, and Jared Goff is a little bit rattled. Now the offense kind of gets on track, and they start to make some things happen. We tie the game up. Then we get an interception and go up by a touchdown on Bradbury's return. And then it seems like the minute that we – think we got the game in control and that's the thing that will get you beat more than anything is when you think you have the game in control and you start getting away from what got you to where you got to and then all of a sudden here they come here come the Detroit Lions golf starts to get comfortable he starts to get in the rhythm and next thing you know boom they 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 got a game and they and it's fight on again where it should never have had to be that way the, the thing that killed me the most was once golf, uh, once um, Gannon began to dial up more pressure, you could tell that Jared Goff does not handle the pressure well, which led to that interception by Bradbury to take it to the house. Then all of a sudden he goes back to this four-man rush, and you let the Detroit Lions creep back in the game. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you have all of this talent up front in your front seven. Why are you not utilizing it to the best of the ability? And the thing that kills me the most is they had one quarterback sack against Detroit, and that was on a fluke play when Goff dropped the ball and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham converged on him. Well, this is going to be an ongoing story uh, about what the Eagles have to do defensively, and we all assumed that they were going to be different this year with better personnel. They were going to be better against the run. They were going to blitz a little more, be a little more aggressive. It didn't turn out that way in this game, but maybe the big lead shaped that. And, of course, we'll talk about that. And there's some very good and some bad things in this game. So let's first talk about the good. T.O. is back in town, all right? 
A.J. Brown, an amazing debut for, for the Eagles. Ten catches for 155 yards in this game, and he gives them a reliable weapon. They couldn't handle A.J. Brown. Now, conversely, Devontae Smith was kind of invisible, but I think the Lions decided to try to single up guys, and if they doubled A.J. Brown, Smith was going to hurt him. But what a debut, Seth. Listen, there's no doubt about it. You know, it, it, we were talking about it in the green room as we were watching the game. I said that A.J. Brown is worth all 100, all 100 million that they extended him for if he's going to play like he played today. And, and you know, the issue is I'm, I'm waiting the entire time. I'm waiting for the Detroit Lions and Aaron Glenn to go and double him and take him away, which then opens up the entire field for everybody else to eat a little bit and they never did it. And it seemed to me that, and a lot of people, I've been following on Twitter, we've been talking about it. A lot of people have been saying, hey, you know what? You know, why isn't Jalen spreading the ball around? Well, he had a mismatch. Anywhere, anywhere the A.J. Brown lined up today, it was a clear mismatch, and there wasn't any question about it. So until they adjusted, hey, we always say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go back to the well as many times as you can go back if they're not going to adjust to it. They didn't adjust, and he had a hell of a day. Well, here's the other question, and we, we have to address this because the two questions coming in were, did Jonathan Gannon influence defense and would it look differently? And also, Jalen Hurts. Always going to be the topic. So Aaron Glenn decided to come out and blitz the heck out of him early. And um, when he did blitz, and I thought he got off it a little bit, Derek. Yep. Uh, when he did blitz, it looks like Jalen's first instinct was to get out of Dodge. And Seth, we were talking about this. Sometimes you just have to kind of stay in there and find a hot receiver. Well, a lot of times, see, and, and this, this is the part of it all, you know, you got to really look at it and understand. If they bring pressure and they play zone behind it, okay, then he can stay in the pocket and he wants to scramble horizontally to, to give his receivers an opportunity to find the holes in the zone and come back to him. But if they're in man coverage and, they want, and they're going to blitz, particularly if they're in, in zero coverage and he can get out, then of course you want to be, you want to break the line of scrimmage and take off because if it's single high safety, by the time that guy realizes, you know, that what's going on, he's 20, 30 yards back. All, everybody else is has got their back turned in man-to-man -man coverage, so now you can take what you can get. But there are times, I, I believe, there are times like late in the game, you know, I believe it was third and seven, and they came with a blitz, and Jalen escaped. Instead of him escaping and looking to pass the ball, he escaped and was looking to run the ball. And I think there was an opportunity there. But listen, it's the first game of yeah. the season. Listen. It's a good thing, Derek, that yeah. he's got that ability to get out Absolutely. of there because he, he, he stung them early on, and maybe that's why Aaron Glenn didn't go back to it. But what did you see with Jalen? Yeah, the thing that, that, that I kept saying to Seth in the green room was, where's the hot read? Because Detroit basically was telling you, especially in the second half, they were going to blitz. Where's your hot read from your offense to keep your quarterback out of trouble? Because look at how many times Jalen had to run for his life, and in a number of cases just flipped the ball out of bounds which was a smart move by him to keep from taking a quarterback sack. But I just didn't like the way the offense was structured in terms of countering the blitz. When you play a game, it's point-counterpoint. I didn't think the offense had enough counterpoints, and they allowed Detroit to creep back into this thing. Now, obviously, it's the first game, and I said at the beginning on our pregame show, 
if you're going to be rusty coming out, it's a good thing to play the likes of the Detroit Lions because you can make your mistakes in this game and come out on top. I just didn't expect it to be this close. I'll give the Lions a little bit of credit because they they did try to live up to their hard knocks image where they're this whole tough guy and we fight and all that stuff. And they and they did fight pretty well. And we got to give a shout out to Philly native DeAndre Swift was a monster today. DeAndre, 15 carries, 144 yards, caught a few more balls for 31 more yards, 175 yards against the Eagles today. Well, you know, I think one of the other problems you get to get into when you don't practice full speed is that when the game is live and the intensity level goes up the way that it does in the first week of the season, now all of a sudden you're playing at an intensity deficit. So as I'm watching this, that first series, I mean, DeAndre Swift just did what he wanted to do. Now, I realize he was a bad dude, but, you know, to, to have darn near 100 yards in the first half, that's unconscionable against this defense that's supposed to be that much improved so with, is, with, with a linebacker Is this court. a shot at what they did not do in preseason because he does not like the hit in preseason? Conversely, the Lions really went after it. Uh, is that a factor in a game like this? Game Listen, let, 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 let me tell you something. The Eagles, the Eagles can ill afford to give up 183 yards rushing the game, especially when you're playing against a quarterback who's not mobile. Can't do that. How many tackles did we watch them miss in this game? I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Some of the poor tackling in this game. But then again, we expect that when you don't live to practice tackling like Detroit did, they had a very rigorous training camp. It showed. And, you know, now you you, you got to get that rust off. You got to get up to speed because a much better opponent is coming eight days from now. Yeah. So they looked at the lines. It, this line was originally four points. So we're here. We got the sports book behind us. We originally went up to five and a half, and it turned out to be a pretty close game, and that shows you how much they know uh, about these games. But I'm curious to know what the, what the carryover of a game like this. You, you want to get out of game one, not injured, and get out with a win no matter how it happens, and you see some flaws that you're going to have to correct. So two delay of game penalties. Uh, there was a 12-man on the field penalty. These th little things have to get on. It can't happen. Uh, but – they're okay, right? Are they okay? Listen, I, I think, again, when you don't practice full speed and you don't play your guys in preseason, you know, you're going to have some lapses in areas that it just comes with the territory. You know, you're going to have penalties. I'm, I'm trying to I'm, – I'm looking here now. I'm trying to see exactly how many penalties they had, um, you know, throughout throughout the game. But there was, there was a couple of – there was a couple of series that was basically stalled out directly or indirectly because of penalties. And they had th 10 penalties. Well, I mean, ten that's, penalties. that's way too many penalties, you know, if you're going to be successful. But to your point, Mike, listen, the offense is going to walk away feeling pretty good about themselves because yes. when you can put up 38 points, and I know we're going to attribute seven of those, you know, to the defensive side of the ball, but when you can put up, 38 points, you got to feel pretty darn good about yourself. As a defense, if I played on the defense and we gave up 35 pounds, I mean 30, 34 points, um, it'd take me a little extra time to get out of the locker room tonight. Jalen Hurts, 17 rushing attempts. A lot of were jailbreak where he had to uh, avoid a blitz. I get it. 17 rushing attempts for 90. It's the beauty of Jalen Hurts that he can do that. But again, we're looking at they wanted to reduce that coming into this year. I don't want to see my quarterback carrying the fault 17 times in a game. I don't. 
as athletic and as good as he is, and he can take the heart out of a defense by taking off and running. The last thing I want to do, look at the one unnecessary shot he took. I thought it was going to be a concussion yeah. protocol yeah, I, when he took that shot. So when you frustrate a defense like that, what's going to happen? They're going to try to take every shot they can at a quarterback like that. And even though they also got tacked on a roughing the uh, unnecessary roughness penalty, do you want to put your quarterback in harm's way like that? Or more importantly, as I was telling Seth in the green room, I don't want to see my quarterback go down and clutch his knee because he cut one too many times trying to make a big play. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna disagree, and this is why. Okay, you know that that's who he is, so you can't extrapolate that out of him at this point in time of his career because that's who he is. That's what he does. Okay, look at the amount of first downs that he kept alive and how he got the team. Well, that's all good, Seth. I, I understand. Well, wait, I think he's talking about a long haul situation where if you're running to your quarterback that many times, he's going to get banged up. This is not what this league is about yeah. anymore. Hey, listen, I, I get it. I get it. But I've seen quarterbacks get hurt stand and standing in the pocket Absolutely. as much as I've seen them get hurt outside the pocket. Now, I said, what, what was the magic number that I said in pregame, D-Gun? I said, Jalen Hurst needs to throw the ball. 30 to 35 times yes. per game yes. in order for for this team to kind of figure out where he is. Five times yes. per game yes. in order for for this team to kind of figure out where he is. He threw the ball 32 times. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't be upset with that. They ran the ball 39 times, and I know some of those plays you can slide over to the other side because there were scrambles, yeah. there were there were broken pass plays that he turned into run plays. But at the end of the day, you can't be upset. With 30 plus passes for a guy, and, and, you know what else? What else? Do, what else can we ask of? Yeah, yeah, but Seth, I can't, I can't be comfortable with, with you or my coaching staff telling me, that's what Jalen Hurts is, because this is a part of the so-called maturation of Jalen Hurts. And we're this supposed to see it right now. Part, we're supposed yeah, to see that maturation right now. This is the definitive right part of what we're supposed to see the next level of a Jalen Hurts. This is an evaluation by this organization to determine whether or not Jalen Hurts is a quarterback in the future moving forward. I get it. It's just the first game. We're going to see different things. They're going to look at the film. They're going to go back and adjust. But I don't want my quarterback running the ball 17 times, and, and I don't want to hear this is his makeup. Because to me, that's not the improvement I need to see to verify that he's a quarterback beyond 2022. Well, I, I want to look at He was 18 for 32. Yes. Okay. They were bringing pressure. So to a certain extent, a lot of the times, it's not like there's a big difference, D, between Sirianni and Shane Steichen. Yes. Calling a called run play for Jalen Hurts and them calling a pass play for him. And because pressure is imminent right now or no one's open right now, he has to run. You can't fault him for that. Because the other, the, at the other end of the spectrum, if he stays in the pocket and the pressure gets to him, and and he had once got sacked once today, if he's if we're sitting here and he got sacked seven, eight times, right. now we're talking about it on the other no, end of the spectrum. I, right. Listen, right. we we all agree it's a dynamic weapon to have his legs, no question about it. And I'll tell you what else is dynamic. They found that slant to AJ Brown, which to me will be unstoppable all year because if you are going to adjust to that, that opens up so many other things. They couldn't. He's so big bodied and quick off off the jump that they couldn't handle it. And and the safety's not going to be able to get over there quick. The linebacker's not going to be able to get it. That's an unstoppable play, that's all for that. Well, from a technique perspective, you know, it is. If you're going to line out outside shade, if you're going to play man or you're going to play zone from the outside, 
all he's going to do is stem you outside and slant down inside. And that's the pitch and catch that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, they're going to complete that all year long. The only way that you stop that is you force his release by lining up inside and making him release outside. Now you take that away. Um, but if you're going to make it that easy, and most teams in the NFL now, this is what they do. Because they've been forced from a defensive personnel perspective where they have to play single high well, they're not playing the traditional man-to-man -man where they play inside technique anymore. They're playing outside technique. They want to force everything to the middle. But if you can run everybody off and get that guy across across the face of the cornerback, that's an easy pitch and catch all day long. I don't have a problem. I do not have a problem with Jalen Hurts running for his life out of necessity. My problem is with both Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen not seeing what Detroit's doing better in encountering that, okay? Now, it's not like Detroit was disguising his blitzes. They were telling you they were coming. Yeah. You have to have a hot read. A.J. Brown could have had 300 yards receiving. Stick your foot in the ground one time going to slant. You kill him all day. You want to back him out of that blitz? I get you, my friend. I get you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, listen, I, I get you. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's about the adjustments that you make on the sideline and the adjustments yes, that you make at halftime. the coaching staff. Aaron... Aaron Glenn was really, really smart because, you know, they came out the first series and they came after Jalen yes. consistently in the yes. first series. They didn't do it again until the end of the second quarter. Absolutely. And then they stopped after halftime and they didn't do it again until like midway through the fourth quarter. So now you, you can look at it one or two ways. They didn't really see it that, uh, as that much of a deal because Jalen was ex escaping. Or you can look at it from the standpoint and say, well, they don't do a very good job of adjusting to what they see and giving Jalen, you know, the weapons to be able to make the changes at the line of scrimmage to protect himself and put him in the right place. Okay, do you agree that when Detroit decided to go back to the pressure, that was a significant reason they were able to get back in the game? No doubt Look about it. how many it. times they made Jalen Hurst throw the ball away. No doubt about because it. Because there was nobody. Look at that guy's wide open in the middle of the field the whole second half. <laughs> this, uh, by the way, this show's got everything. Uh, we, have, we have Dr. Bruce who's coming on later, and we'll talk about we don't we don't have an injury report yet, but there were a couple of situations in this game. One where, where Jalen got his bell rung, and we thought it was going to be a concussion protocol situation. And the other is Miles Sanders got twisted. And I hear, Seth, you're watching the game, you go, oh, God, please let him be okay. Because it looked like that was a significant twist of his knee there, and I'm yeah. carry. I don't, I don't know whether it was that, that – that yoga class, that Pilates class, or that stretch to win. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but the way his knee was bent up on that play, I was like, oh, my God. Dude, just get up and walk. Uh, so we're gonna, Dr. Bruce will join us later in the show. Devin's going to go out in the crowd. we got Lane Johnson coming up, uh, uh, so stay right there. Uh, one thing, uh, let's talk about with, with the receiving situation, because Devontae Smith, you see a big goose egg on the board. Did not have a catch. Was targeted four times, but only a, a couple times early. And uh, Dallas got over with only three catches. Uh, I think they've got to get the ball to him more. What did you see with Devontae Smith not getting the rock? Well, I think they went to him early, and for some reason, though, they didn't, things didn't pan out. He dropped the ball. Um, him and Jalen were kind of, you know, they, they were off a little bit. But I, I still contend, and, 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 and even though Dallas Goddard had, you know, a couple of catches, you know, he didn't get the amount of targets that I feel right. that, that, four that, targets. That, that he should deserve. So both he and Devontae Smith both got four targets apiece. I believe Dallas had yep. two catches. Devontae had, had zero. Yep. Well, 
you know, you know that that's not going to be the norm. You know, you can look at it like in basketball terms. If a guy's got the hot hand, you keep feeding him. And obviously, you know, A.J. Brown had the hot hand today, and Jalen kept giving him the ball and giving him the ball and giving him the ball. I don't know how many targets he had, but I know he caught a whole bunch of balls. So at the end of the day – He had 13 targets. You know, yeah. That's a lot of targets. So at the end of the day, is it, all, is it about winning or is, or is it about who actually, you know – who, who's getting the ball? I'm pretty sure that nobody on that team is upset at how many touches or how many targets A.J. Brown got today just because they won. But does he have to be more balanced in what he does? I would say yes, 100%. He I'm, has to. I'm shocked sitting here looking at the box score, and Devontae only had four targets. You look at the discrepancy in the targets. You go from A.J. Brown with 13, and then you have Dallas Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell, and Devontae Smith all with four apiece. But so like Seth was saying, there has to be more of an equal distribution. When you have this many weapons, don't get one-dimensional because people will use that against you. All right, we're going to take a break. It's time for a break. And uh, when we get back, Devin Caney will lead us into another spirited debate where, you know, maybe we go at each other a little bit. I can tell you right now, Derek Gunn and I are on the side of Jalen not running the football against Seth, who doesn't care about it. But, we, we you know, he'll kick our butt anyway. So we gotta, <laughs> we got we to gotta give it up. Coming up is debate. And also, I don't want people to forget, today I know it's a football game at the start of the NFL season, but it's also 9-11. And uh, obviously we want to keep that in our hearts and never forget that uh, what happened on this day uh, and carry it with pride as Americans to never forget. All right, it is the uh, J- Jacob Media uh, Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're delighted to be here, and it's going to continue right after this. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, 
Give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. All right, welcome back to the Eagles season opener and the new Pond Lee Hockey Eagles postgame show. We are live from Ocean Hotel Casino in Atlantic City, live on ABC.com. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest. He, of course, is the great offensive tackle with the Eagles. He joins us from the locker room. He, of course, is Lane Johnson. Hello, Lane. How do you feel? What's going on, guys? Uh, feel good. I mean, it was a ugly victory, but uh, somehow found a way there at the end. So, uh, got to be happy with that. Hey, hey, Lane, did you guys, uh, did they catch you off guard with how much they decided to blitz you guys today? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, you have a few snippets of preseason of what this team's going to do. You always know in the first game there's going to be some wrinkles that they haven't shown or just, you know, disguised. So, yeah, um, had to make some uh, mid-game adjustments. So, usually, you know, the first week is, is pretty tough, um, you know, because you're unprepared for some, some things. Hey, Lane, you know, I was watching this game with great anticipation. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, really good player. I wanted to see how he matched up against you and how he matched up against Jordan Malata today. Give me your assessment of him as a player now that you've seen him in live in person rather than, you know, just on film. Yeah, he's a, uh, a big, big, tall kid, strong. Kind of uh, reminds me of uh, Osa a little bit, kind of how his uh, rush movements are. Kind of how he moves, and uh, one thing he's really good at, as you see, like when they played Atlanta, if you run an outside zone, you got to be careful at tackle. Really going hard at him because he likes to go inside, so you have to be patient. So, um, yeah, he, I mean, he has a lot of upside. He's going to be a tremendous player. So, yeah, I'll say that about him. He's, he's going to be a great player. 
hey, hey, Lane, let me ask you this because Seth, Mike, and I have have a little bit of a discrepancy here. Seth said it's okay for the quarterback to run 17 times because that's part of his DNA. Mike and I say we don't want our quarterback running 17 times and constantly being your leading rusher because that puts him in harm's way, especially when he took that headshot in the second half. Yeah. What say you, sir? I mean, we always like a safe slide, but, I mean, in part of it, you know, there's a lot of uh, blitz zero today, so people we could pick up, and, and he made some plays, some amazing plays, you know, most quarterbacks in the league can't make, so, you know, we'll, we'll take it, uh, you know, that, that hit there at the end could have been uh, costly, luckily he got, he got back up, but, you know, man, it's just it's part of the game, so, like I said, man, the first game, you kind of go in uh, having a, a little bit of knowledge of what this defense is going to present you. And going into week two, you'll have a lot, you know, you'll have a piece of full uh, real game under your belt that you can diagnose and, and work from there. Hey, Lane, and don't, and don't get me wrong. You know, I would love for Jalen Hurts to stay in the pocket and complete 75% of his passes from the pocket behind that offensive line and only have to take off and run when everything else breaks down. But at the end of the day, when you see him take off and he's converting third downs to get you guys a new set of downs in the first half that really kind of kept kind of kept the offense and kick-start the offense in the first half, then you don't see anything wrong with it. And I know that you ain't really worried about him. You've seen that 600-pound squat up close and personal, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen him. You know, he's, he's a strong guy. I was just – I was really looking the first couple of miles to see if he's going to come back to the puddle uh, winded, but he, but he didn't. And so, uh, yeah, man, he's just, he's a, he's a dynamic playmaker. And, uh, you know, we have some, some key additions this year that's helping us out and uh, new guys, new faces, and the young guys that, you know, fresh energy. So, you know, we got to build on this. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. But, um, you know, advance to the next week, we had a good Vikings team Monday night in the league. So, we're looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, get ready to get rested up and diagnose this film soon and move on. Lane, I mean, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, of course, the very talked about second round, uh, a second pick in the draft. What did you? Uh, what was your assessment of him? And did they they kind of keep him away from you? Did you see? Uh, no, I mean he switched sides um, quite a bit. I mean I knew he would. They put him inside on on third downs. And, uh, really, you know, when you have uh, a player uh, like that, um, you know they're gonna move him around. They're gonna try to find a weak link on the line and pick them apart but yeah man he's got a he's got a lot of potential uh, very very tall uh very twitchy and uh yeah man uh i think he's, he's gonna be well on his way hey lane you uh you get a chance to practice with aj brown every day in practice this guy had 10 catches uh uh over well over 100 yards did anything he did today surprise you in any way shape or form he has that he has that uh, name played over his locker that says "Always Open." Man, he was open today. Yeah, he was. He's a uh, he's a dynamic individual. You know, you don't find receivers of that physicality. You know, you saw the deep fade. I don't know how far he jugged it. It's kind of hard to see it from the backside, but it looked like he jugged that dude at least five, ten yards. So, uh, yeah. you know, having a guy like that, dynamic playmaker, it makes uh, makes uh, life for linemen a lot easier. Lane, what do you what do you think the focus will be on this week? He did a lot of good things with some, you know, snags in there. Obviously, first game snags. What do you think the focus is that you need to clean up mostly? Uh, you know, we got to be better in some uh, 
you know, blitz pickups, uh, you know, keep guys off of Jalen, be, be more polished game, kind of sloppy. Uh, and really, I, I, I feel like that, that's what it's going to be. Elaine, last question for me, man. I, I'm looking at the stat line here, and you know, you guys ran the ball 32. Well, Jalen threw it 32 times, and they actually, you guys actually ran it um, 39 times. You know, for 216 yards. In your mind, you know, is, is that the recipe for this offense going forward? I mean, do you guys up front? Do you feel like you're at your best when you can dominate through the run first and then get to the passing game? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, dropping back from pass like the Wolves are coming to you, and now I get to tee off on somebody. So I get to I get to bring the pain. So, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, you, you look back at last year, um, I feel like it was actually this game here, Beach where we kind of uh, made a new identity with, you know, run game, play action. But, you know, there's, there's going to be times where you play, teams are going to box you in, they're going to force you to throw the football. So, you have to be adaptable, but, you know, I'm never complaining when we run the ball well. I love to see those guys score and get the touchdowns. That's in the man. Hey, Lane, I know how much pride you take in holding down that right side. And when we had you on a sports take a while back, you were talking about how much pride you have in being one of the best of the best at your position. You were rated as not giving up a QB sack in all of 2021. What is your individual goal going against this season? Because you're going to play against some pretty good edge rushers uh, along the way. I don't know, Dion. I guess it's about there and do my best. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun going against the big-time players. Uh, it's always a privilege. It's like they always put the best out of me. And, uh, you know, usually when you go against really good guys, you have that respect. And like I said, man, they'll bring the best out of you. So I just want to. You know, when, uh, when my career's done, I can say I look back and I have no regrets. I feel like uh, I just want to keep ascending. I feel like I'm a stronger player now than what I used to be. You know, whatever I, I lost, I made up a strength. I still try to be quick. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say that, man. <laughs> All right. That's good. Lane, listen, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll uh, see you every week right here uh, on the post-game show. So get in there, relax, and have a good trip home. We'll talk to you. Safe travel, bro. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Lane Johnson live from the locker room, Ford Field, as the Eagles win a game that was a little closer than we all thought it would be once things rung up. So uh, time for break, and uh, we'll come back. And Devin Caney bringing us into another debate where we, you know, we may fight. We actually may fight right here. Uh, you may fight. Uh, I got a bad left shoulder. Yeah, Come on, what? I need I need you. I need I need See, a good fight. I haven't I haven't hit anybody in about twenty five years. Don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> See, that's why they put me in the middle to keep these we, two apart. Well, need, I'm not getting paid enough for this. <laughs> we, we need a tag team here. Anyway, we're live from uh, Ocean Hotel Casino, Atlantic City. It's the new Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're back after this.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney, and it is time for our Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Guys, we took this poll to Twitter. We asked, did Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts prove his passing game evolved during week one against the Lions? Uh, right now, 37% say yes. 
33% say no, and 30% say it's too early to tell. Uh, Jalen Hurts, as you guys mentioned earlier, went 18 for 32, 243 yards passing. A.J. Brown, 13 targets. Dallas Goddard saw the ball a few times. Devante uh, didn't have any catches, and all touchdowns came from the ground. Uh, we had Hurts, Sanders, Gainwell, Boston Scott, and, of course, the one from defense. So, Mike, Seth, Derek, it is time for us to do our diamond debate. Do you think Jalen Hurts' passing game evolved in this game against the Lions today? A situation with Jalen Hurts that it's too early to tell him. Maybe we should just sit back and go, he is what he is, and it's it's going to be good enough. But I, I did not see enough today except for the great hookups he had with A.J. Brown on that slant. Uh, it, can I take that to, yeah, he's a complete passer? No, I, I can't do that right now. Well, he dropped a dime to A.J. Brown on one nice floater out there, but it's way too early to tell. This is just one of 17 samples we're going to see. Did I see enough of what I wanted to see from, from Jalen Hurts in this situation? No. During the offseason, all we talked about is we wanted to see him be more accurate. We wanted to see him go through his progressions more. I didn't see enough of that because when Detroit attacked, what did he do? He took off and ran. Okay. Now, he has, he has the green light to call audibles at the line of scrimmage. A better quarterback, and again, this is not a knock against Jalen Hurts, better quarterback sees that calls the audible, looks up and down the line of scrimmage, knows who he wants in a one-on-one situation, throws that quick slant. You want to back that defense out of there? Slant him to death. Five-yard stick route inside, slant him to death if you want to call him out of there. I didn't see enough of that yet. But I like your start, though, overall. Well, listen, I mean, the, the, the people who want to see Jalen Hurts be successful, they're going to look at this game and be encouraged. If yeah, you don't want yeah. him to be successful – then you're going to look at it and you're going to find something to be, that faulty about. You know, the, the truth of the matter is we went out and we traded and got a top-flight wide receiver. Yes. Okay? Yes. And the dynamic between our quarterback and that wide receiver was spot on today. Absolutely. Okay? And he made some great throws. Did he miss some throws? Did he miss um, Kenneth Gainwell in the flat and it wound up being a field goal instead of a touchdown? Absolutely. Okay? But, 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 but tell me which quarterback in the NFL plays a mistake-free game where he completes Nobody. every pass, every pass. But, every, but so that, Seth, that wasn't the question that Devin I, asked I, I, us. The I, I question was, I understand has, the question. He, right? Did you, did you the question, the question the is question the got? question that we've all been asking, and that is did his passing game evolve, or did this game tell us anything about his passing game? I am breaking down how – my answer. Can I get there? Okay. Again. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Somebody's a little testy right now. I'm not, I'm not testy. I'm just. Hey, you know, hey, hey, Mike, I'm just. Mike. I'm just being me. He Mike, can, move no, over, please. I'm can, just. Can, I'm just. Move this I'm way, just, Mike. You can get I'm there. Just, no. I'm just being me because okay, the okay. question. The question, in a lot of ways, is a loaded question. The Eagles won the game. They, they did. did win the last game. year. Last they year they beat the this team 44 to 44 to three, and everybody said, "Oh, you know, we won because all we did was ran the ball." Jalen Hurts only threw for 108 yards. Well, guess what? He threw for. 239 yards today. He was slightly yes. over 50% yes. completion rate with, with all that blitz coming at him. So has he, has he evolved and has he gotten better? 
Absolutely, he has. He hadn't even gotten his tight end and his and his and his real number one wide receiver. Did you see him just hit? Yet. You see him just hit me? Yeah. Did you he's, see? He, no, look, he's, but Seth, he's very look, feisty about uh, the, the Jalen uh, support. And and like I'm I'm with you. I, yes, I, I'm I, with I, you I want him to grow as well. My 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 only thing is, guys, it takes ninety five percent of the players in the NFL. It takes them three years to evolve and become the guy. And if a quarterback gets picked in the top ten. We'll give him three years to screw it up before we start saying, oh, we got to move on and get another guy. Okay? No, no, this, no. This, 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 wait, this, wait, 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 we're not saying, this, I'm we're not not saying I, that. I understand we're not that. abandoning ship here. I understand that. Because, my point, my yeah. point is, my point is the expectation for Jalen Hurts and his development is so overstated that it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, give the guy a chance to grow. I agree but, with you 100%. Is it fair to ask the question, has he evolved to the point I just where said, we yeah. want him? Well, no, he hasn't. He's taking a step. Well, wait, well I don't think. Come on. Did he take a step? Last I mean, they year, won the, he did enough to win Mike, the game. If Mike, the question was, year, did he do enough to win the game? Okay, so, to, so, so to your point, last year, oh, he doesn't have the, He's got a noodle arm. He can't get it down there. He drops one in the bucket for what? 30 something, 40 something yep, yards? Yes, okay. he did. Okay, oh, he can't make the pinpoint throw. He threads the needle in an open window. So he's, he's answering some of the questions. Maybe we need to look at how the question is being asked to, to find out whether – do we really want to know whether he's advancing or not? Or are we on the side that, you know, we want this guy to fail so we can use those two number no, ones next year? No, do and we want him to fail? No, nobody I'm, wants. Not, let, I'm let, not talking to you in specific. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to everybody. Let me go on record as saying this. Based on this game today, what we just watched, Jalen Hurts did enough – to get this team a win. Absolutely. I blame this defense, or lack thereof, for this game being as close as it was. There's no way this game should have been as close as it was. Their four-man pressure was rush was not getting home. Gannon did not blitz enough because, as we saw in the first half on three consecutive series, but wait, once wait, wait. Jared Goff Let me ask you this. What? Let me ask you this. Ask and what? I'm just looking at you here because the right, guy, right. I can't tell when the camera's on or not. Okay. And I want to I look into your eyes here. Look right here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Devontae Smith should have gotten more at least attempts do you think the score would have been higher had Jalen Hurts tried to target more receivers other than A.J. Brown? No. If, you, if the game plan plays itself out the way it is, they still score 31 out of 38 points, more than enough to beat this team by a wider margin. I blame the defense for allowing this game to be as close as it was. They should have pressured jo Jared Goff from start to finish. Once you saw in those three consecutive series where he couldn't handle the pressure, one of which led to the interception by Bradbury, which returned it for a touchdown, that should have been your M.O. the rest of the game. He called off the dogs and went back to a four-man rush and let Jared Goff stand back there and survey the situation and pick him apart underneath. Okay, so, so you're, no, no, you're, you're putting that three-point differential at the end where it got way too close. You're putting that all on defense. You're not saying that's on Jalen Hurts, anything that offense. No, 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 no. That's, that's more defense than offense. Okay. I, this is not against Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did what he had to do to survive and get this team points. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did they what he did all of last season. Well, yeah, but in this case, they brought the Hounds a lot more than anybody expected Detroit to bring the Hounds. He stepped up and ran when he had to. He threw when he had to. That's, this is part of the maturation of Jalen Hurts. This is just one of 17 steps we're going to evaluate for this season. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask you guys a question. If the defense steps up and holds this team, this Detroit Lions team, to 10, 
14, 17 points. Are we still having the same conversation about Jalen Hurts? Or are we having this conversation about Jalen Hurts because they only won the game by three no, points? No, no, no. We still have the same conversation. <laughs> we still going to have the same conversation. <laughs> I'm just asking. Come on. Put, that is put, a hot put, topic. Put, Let me tell you something. Seth, now you, it, put Devin on. back up there. We, I, we want, I want her response, <laughs> too. Look, Seth, we have to agree. Jalen Hurts is a hot topic conversation. And I we get win it. it. Because he's a quarterback. I get it. And everybody wants to know, is he no. the man beyond, no the man beyond this season? If McNabb threw a couple balls at someone's feet, which he did today, the swing pass to Gainwell was a, was a play that I probably may have scored, and he threw it at his feet. It was always, oh, that was a bad throw. And he threw another one at, at somebody's feet. I, they're small. These are small mistakes. I get it. And he did enough to win against this team. Okay. Against this team. See, there we so go. So this was, now I'm looking at the camera because I'm going to address all Eagles fans, all media, all pundits, because all offseason, which has felt like the longest offseason ever we've been debating, is Jalen Hurts the answer? Is he the quarterback? Is he the guy long term? And I didn't think that we were going to be able to decide that after this first game, but I know that a lot of fans, a lot of people will, which is why this was the question we decided with uh, for the Diamond debate. And clearly it's getting you guys pretty fired up, so it's working. Yes, and of course the diamond debate. Just just look at Devin closely, uh, and look and look what she is wearing. Uh, she is wearing a beautiful diamond necklace. <laughs> and it, it, Devin, how much is that worth that you're wearing there? What is that? Um, you know, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one because I don't want anyone. Well, I have the answer to that. Going. We we know who the highest paid <laughs> member of this post game show yep. is. With her word, I bet you that thing's at least twenty, thirty thousand. Guess what? At least thirty-five thousand dollars. What? what? From the great Marks Jewelers out there, thirty. She's wearing thirty-five k. She better have a please, personal escort. Please, out get, please get a bodyguard around her. I may or may right not now. just accidentally walk out with it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry guys, I forgot. Oh, I guess it's fine now. That's how it works, right? They know where you live, Devin. Oh, I, would, I, would, I would do the same thing, Devin. <laughs> Leave. Uh, all right. It is, of course, the Pond La Hockey postgame show live from the beautiful Ocean Casino. You're watching us on 6abc.com or YouTube, the Jacob uh, Media Sports Channel. And uh, we got plenty more to come uh, on this show as we talk about the turning point, Seth Joyner's X Factor. I'll predict what that is. And, uh, of course, the drive of the game coming up. And we'll see what side we're on, what the key play of this game was. I got something in my mind I think has been forgotten about. So we'll talk about that when we get back after this. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles go passionately Go fearlessly. 
Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney. Guys, before we get back into things, let's update you on the diamond debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. The question was, did Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts prove his passing game evolved during the week one game? Uh, the numbers have changed a bit. Yes is now at 36% with no 30 and the rest saying it is too early to tell. Mike? Yeah, so I'm looking forward to these um, these uh, reaction tweets, so especially on the J Jalen Hurts topic. But welcome back to the uh, Pond La Hockey post game show. Uh, the Eagles went 38-35, and uh, a game that they're pretty much in control of, and we sweated it out in the end. Jalen Hurts 18 to 32, 243, at a rating of 80.6. Miles Sanders, who we haven't talked about much in this show, 96 yards and a TD on 13 carries. In fact, the Eagles had four different guys score rushing touchdowns in this game including Jalen. Uh, so uh, here we go. Let's, uh, let's look at the, uh, the turning point of this game. And uh, I've got something in my mind, but I'm going to defer because we've got Derek Gunn here and we've got Seth Joyner. Derek, your turning point to that. My turning point was when um, Bradbury picked up that pass and took it to the house. I thought that was a definitive turning point um, in terms of giving the Eagle uh, some much-needed momentum. 
Um, think about it. If, if he doesn't take that one to the house, are we talking about a 35-31 Detroit Lions win? So I thought that was a huge play at the most opportune time for this Eagles team. Seth, turning point. You agree with that? Because oh, I, I do. That's also my turning point. I, there's no no doubt about it. You know, no, that, that, but let's talk about it. Because you were coming, you saw this play. Kazir White makes the play on the pick, and then Bradbury gets it. Right. And and you're obviously looking at this, and you go, that's because that guy has cornerback skills and safety skills to make that kind of instinctive play. Well, listen, we, we had Nate Geary here for, what, three years? And we were trying to transform him from a defensive back to a linebacker. And he showed flashes, and then ultimately, you know, he burned out. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at Kazir White, the thing that impresses me the most about him is that he's an ex-defensive back who they transformed, you know, who basically the San Diego, well, the, the L.A. Chargers has transformed into a linebacker. He had a good year last year. We now have got him. But when you look at his skill sets, his skill sets are a lot of the skill sets that you see a defensive back possess. Like, that ball that he tipped, his, the, 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 the tight end actually ran the wrong route. He ran the right route because in coverage, he was keying the quarterback's eyes and looking where the quarterback was actually throwing the ball. And he got out there and got a hand on it, tipped it, Bradbury intercepts it, and, and runs it back, you know, for six. But you just don't see a lot of linebackers with that kind of skill set. And I think that I'm, I'm really high on him. I'm high on him because he can run, you know, because of his defensive back um, abilities, but also his ability to, to have transformed himself into a pretty darn good linebacker against the run and against the pass. And the other thing that he gives the Philadelphia Eagles is that he gives the Eagles a guy who can cover almost any tight end in this league one-on-one -on -one without having to have safety help. See, most of the time what happens is you get two whole guys and you get you got to drop the safety in the box. Now that makes you strictly you know, one high behind. Now you don't have to waste that guy. You can you can double someone that's giving you a headache and not have to worry about Kazir on the tight end because he can cover that guy. So there's a lot of versatility that he gives Jonathan Gannon in this defense if Jonathan so chooses to use it. Uh, I have to get to this. The Seth Joyner X Factor. Now I I, I can predict what it's gonna be, but I, I won't. I'll just I'll just let him do it. Let me guess. Does it have something to do with the quarterback? Hey, listen, absolutely. Because all you got to go, all you got to do is go back to listen, the the Lions came out and they marched right down the field, right out the gate. Okay, they get a lead. The whole stadium is buzzing. The Eagles come out three and out the first series, and we're sitting there like, oh my God, what's going on? And then the second series, Jalen Hurts comes out. And he, got, he starts to cook him, you know, cooking in the sense that they were bringing pressure at him and he took off and was making plays with his legs. And there must have been, it must have been like three third down conversions that he had running the ball in that second series that allowed the Eagles to basically go, what was it, 13 plays for 82 yards? Mm -hmm. And then he runs in for the touchdown and he ties it up. I think that that kind of, that kind of equaled things out, and that was a big X factor in the game because if they don't score that second possession and Detroit comes back and gets a 14-0 lead, we may be looking at a different outcome in this ballgame today. 
Uh, the uh, drive of the game probably is what you just mentioned. I have a little different spin on that, but that they had a couple of really good quality drives, yes. and, and they got ahead, and the Lions would catch up a little bit. So for me, the drive of the game was when they, they get the ball right, right back down after the failed onside kick, and they get to 38, which yes. kind of puts the game out of reach. Yes. And uh, they, got a, they got a key penalty there, but they also got Jalen scrambles for a first down on that drive, uh, and they got in. You know, I know Detroit led the league last year in recovering onside kicks, but I thought after scoring a touchdown, why would you try the onside <laughs> kick at that particular point? You gave them a short field, they went down the field and scored a touchdown. You gave them the ball at the 49-yard line. They nitpicked their way all the way down the field. You put the momentum right back in the Eagles' wheelhouse. Um, plenty of game left, too, we, when they did. There's plenty of game left. We can sit here and second-guess coaches all day, but that's one of the moves, especially from Detroit, a team trying to change its image that I'm going to nitpick about for the next day or so because at that particular time, there's always a time and place for an onside kick. I just thought that was not the time for it. It was – it, to me, it's pretty boneheaded when you really stop and think about it because you, because you give up. I mean, it, it, come on. There's a reason why bad teams are bad, and I understand the new mentality to be aggressive to try to change the outcome of the situation that you're in. But to your point, D, they had just scored a touchdown. Yes. Why are you going to give your opponents the ball at midfield in that situation where – you know, you just kind of climb and climb back into yes, the game. Yes. It just didn't make any sense to me. And then when you look at a guy like, you know, <laughs> you look, look at a guy like Dan Campbell, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, all of that bravado that you see, you know, at the end of the day, how much has this team actually changed? How much has it really changed? Yeah. I mean, and, and at some point, that bravado, the players kind of get tired of it. It, it grows old. And then, then we start to hear the, the reports that, oh, you know, the coaches lost the team. And then from yeah. there, it's well, just a you know, of time. I, I wanted to ask you about Dan Campbell because you're right. It's typical Dan Campbell flexes muscles and trying to onside kick there. Uh, but this is a team that he's trying to bring toughness to, right? I mean, you saw it in Hard Knocks. He's trying to bring toughness, and, and he's that type of guy. But you're right. I think it will eventually, when they get good, if they get good, will wear on veterans who are key players on that team. He can have control of the young minds for, at this time, right? But but the veterans, if you do not win, they won three times last year, and if you continue not to win this year, those veterans bail out on them. Hey, listen, you're 100% correct. The, the, it's easy for the young guys to buy in because they're just trying to be a part of the, the, the big picture. The issue comes with the veteran guys who's been around before, and for them it's all about the wins and the losses. If you're not stacking more wins than you are losses, then they're going to get to the point where they're like, hey, you know what? This guy, you know, he's getting up in the meetings. He's got all this false bravado. He's got these pants that he's shaking out with all this dust in it, all this old dust, you know, that he's talking about the history of, of the franchise. I don't care about that. The only thing I care about is wins and losses. And if this guy can't help me get to more wins than losses, then at some point in time, they turn a deaf ear to all of that information that you hear. I will say this, though, and I don't get disagree with you. But look at the way the game played itself out. 31-14, 38-21, because of the losing mindset this team has had, they very easily could have rolled over and called it a day. This team scrapped tooth and nail to get back in this game and made the Eagles sweat a little bit until the bitter end. Now, I know it's only the first game of the season, the adrenaline, you're still trying to change your identity, but 
a lot of those guys could have said, you know what, here we go again. Same old, same old, Dan Campbell, you rah-rah, and not even try. We, we, sometimes we forget that some of these guys, even though they're making seven figures, Seth, a lot of times they don't put out max effort, man, when things are going bad. They take the paycheck and run. I got to give them credit for at least making a game of it today. Now, if that continues, you're right. A lot of these guys may start cashing it in. It's going to fall on deaf ears. But at least, even though they lost, they go to that locker room and say, you know what? This team is one of the teams picked to win not only a division but possibly go deep into the playoffs. We came back and gave them heck for four quarters. It, well, you know, it's really difficult for me to give them that kind of credit, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> because that franchise is just god-awful, and they proved the year after year they're god-awful. But you're right. They they showed some fight today. Surprised all of us that yeah, they, they yeah. kept coming back. Because once they got ahead by two touchdowns, I, yeah. I thought that they were going to you know, pack I, it. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, really? don't, I, I don't agree, and I'm going to tell you why. Because there was still football left to be played. And that's what football players do, no matter what the score is. Some you know, do. You, 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 you're going to play. Some, fo- some players do. do. I understand that. But when you pull when you pull back the way that Jonathan Gannon pulled back and you give Jared Goff the opportunity to be comfortable in his skin again, then that's what you're going to get. If you're going to play soft and give up, you're, you're going to give up real estate. Well, guess what? The quarterbacks are going to take the, the real estate. Right, as we go. The, as the, we, other places, the other players are going to take – you know, the statistics. Seth, as we go into the break, then this begs this question here. Uh, we were all looking for Jonathan Gannon to be different, to be more aggressive, ultra-aggressive. Can, can we back off knowing that they were in charge of this game and that influenced how Detroit got back in the game? Or should we still be worried about oh, the man. fact that he's not aggressive? I, I just think that, you know, aggression is a mindset. And it's really up to the coaches, the coaching staff, to set the set the stage. If and, and you can see it in how they play sometimes, in in their tackling and how they approach in situational football. There are times where the play calling is really, really, really passive, and they play really, really, really passive. You know, I don't think there's ever a time in my 13 years of playing where I saw a cornerback, you know, 10 yards off the ball on second and. Second and eight, you know, you just can't play that way. I mean, even if that's where you want to end up, don't start there. Start and press, and then when the quarterback get, gets in his case, then you can bail and get to 10. But you can't stand there because pre-snap, what is the quarterback saying? Oh, I can get eight yards right. like that right now. So the conclusion is Gannon's still under the microscope. Jalen is not. Listen, it's week one. The, the, the entire deal <laughs> is the whole team is still under the microscope. It's only week one. I'm not going to start hanging tags on guys yet. Even okay. Nick Sirianni is still under the microscope. All right, so are you feeling overall really fuzzy about this game? You feel, you know, you're feeling fuzzy wonderful. And hey, listen, you only get 17 of them, you know, in 52 weeks. And, you know, the Eagles have traditionally started off really slow. You know, one and three, two and five, two and four, you know. So if they can get a victory week one and go into Monday night and figure out a way to get another victory, then it's all good because I want to see them get off to a good start to begin so that they're not scrapping at the end of the season trying to figure out where they're going to be in the mix. They will get a bigger test next Monday night. There's no question about that. When you look at the wealth of talent that team has, 
the Minnesota Vikings on both sides of the football, a much stiffer test. I guarantee you the Vikings are going to look at what Detroit did, especially defensively, and try to emulate some of the things that they did in this game today. But I always say this. We will sit here every week, as will a lot of post-game shows, whether it's television or radio. Win, lose, or draw, and it's, we're going to break it down. We're going to find positives, and we're going to find negatives. I don't care how you win a game. I don't care if it's a fumble ruski. I don't care if it's, a, if it's a triple ricochet off a goal post. If the team that you want to win is on the winning side of that ledger, the bottom line, that's all that matters. Just win. Like Al Davis said, just win. Uh, just never, win, baby. I don't think any Eagle fan thought the Eagles weren't going to win this game. Nor normally when the team creeps up a little bit, you go, oh, here we go again. I think everybody was confident. We were all confident. They weren't going to lose this game. Well, listen, I – I know some people who felt like it would have been great for them to actually lose this first game. No. If, if you can imagine that. Who yeah. would feel, why would that be? Hey, listen, there are media people that was like the media frenzy that, it was, that, this would, that this would cause if the Eagles lost the first game of the season. And I looked at them, I'm like, that's pretty dastardly <laughs> to wish that upon, you know, the that's, team. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Come that's on, terrible. Man. Now, I was looking at Twitter. There were some panicky people on Twitter. <laughs> like, like there normally are when something goes wrong. Right away, people jump out of Twitter. Oh, here we go again with this team. But, uh, no, they, they were pretty comfortable. All right, so here's uh, we're going we're gonna to check in with our own John McMullen. He's covering the game for us out there uh, in Detroit at Ford Field. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from Jalen. Uh, uh, not Jalen. We'll hear from Devin. And then Jalen, hopefully later. Jalen, Devin. Yeah, Jalen. <laughs> I can't get my eyes. That happens all the I can't time. take my eyes off that diamond necklace she's wearing. <laughs> it's blinding me. But uh, she'll be interviewing some people uh, in the crowd. She's going to have a Brinks yeah. truck here and to get her out of here. Dr. Bruce is going to join us. We'll get some injury updates maybe and, uh, and get his uh, uh, opinion on what he saw in this game and uh, some possible injuries. It is the Pond La Hockey postgame show. Uh, we are live on 6abc.com uh, and also the Jacob Media Sports YouTube channel. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back after this. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles go passionately Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. 
score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. And welcome back to the Pondley Hockey post-game show. I'm Mike Missanelli. That's Derek Gunn, and that's Seth Joyner, of course. And the Eagles win today, 38 to 35. And the man who covered the game uh, out there in Detroit at Ford Field, Jacob Media's own John McMullen uh, joins us. John, are you with us? There he is. John, what? Just your overall assessment of what you saw live out there today. I surprise, you know, typically the Lions haven't been very good last the last number of years. And when they were here on Halloween last year, guys, there's like 40, 45,000 people here. It was a dead atmosphere. And all of a sudden they show up for week one and you couldn't hear yourself. Thank anybody who saw, saw me on the pregame show, the halftime show. You could not hear anything in this place. The Eagles struggled with that. You kind of saw it with the couple delay of games the 12 men in the huddle they were late getting plays out of the huddle pretty consistently but overall they were just happy to get out of here with a win uh it's hard you saw some crazy things around the nfl today and this would have been another crazy thing if the eagles lost this game they were able to hold on to it um and they were happy to get out of here with the dub as they say Hey, hey, John, um, did, did offensive players talk about um, whether Detroit surprised them in a lot of ways with the, with the abundance of blitzes they came at them with, and more importantly, why they had difficulties picking it up? Um, I, I don't think it surprised them because they knew coming in from the playoff game in Tampa that people were going to try to 
uh, keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, probably a little bit blitzing. And they were ineffective. I mean, you, you have to give Jalen Hurts a ton of credit because we talked about all offseason. Is this going to be a run-first team again? Is it going to be a pass-first team? It's a Jalen Hurts first team. And, you know, he does some amazing things off schedule. And you can't take it away from him. If you try to limit that, you're limiting your offense. And I know it's difficult. I know it's frustrating at times because there's times he probably should pull the trigger a little bit quicker. But the Lions just couldn't do anything with him. When he, when he would he pull the football down, run the football and that kind of set the tone and got him back in the game after that disastrous first drive defensively. Um, and then, you know, he gets the ball back with 352, right? That's what you practice. Seth knows this. Four-minute offense, four-minute offense, four-minute offense. They're able to siphon the whole clock. That's what you want to do. I know people aren't going to be happy with Jonathan Gannon. I know that's going to be a talking point. Uh, they were terrible against the run. Uh they gave up too many third downs. Um, hopefully, better. I, I, Derek, you mentioned Minnesota is a very talented offensive team. Um, they better tighten things up pretty quickly. Um, but they got out of here with the win, and that was the goal. Yep, John. You know when you you're there and you get a chance to see the players come come on and off the field, and after the game, you know they're headed to the um you know to the bus to get back to the airport um what was, what's the mood like you know when you stop and think about you know on the offensive side those guys got to be pretty happy about the output that they had 38 points today even though seven of those you can attribute to a defensive turnover on the defensive side i, I it's, i'm hard pressed to believe that um you know the defense today left that locker room feeling pretty good about themselves. You can feel good about the about the W, but you can't feel good about 400, what did they have, three, 386 yards of total offense against you and 35 points. No, I, I don't think they were happy, but I, I, I will say our old friend Jim Schwartz used to say games have personalities and, and sometimes they take on a personality. This took on a personality of a shootout. You know, one of the things about the Eagles' defense, there are certain guys, Brandon Graham, most notably uh, Slay, Darius Slay will kill me if he hears me call him Darius. But um, And then now you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's that same kind of energy type of guy. He showed up 10, game, uh, 10 days ago. He played every single snap in this game. Those guys are just eternally optimistic. I mean, they're never going to seem down. They've never been down a day in their life. Same thing with Jonathan Gannon. You're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. Are they happy with their performance? No, they're not happy with their performance. The, the Lions came into this game. Look, they have some good players. This is the NFL. This is not Alabama against Louisiana Monroe. This is the NFL. And if, if, if you don't show up on a given day, somebody could beat you. Well, you look at DeAndre Swift. You look at TJ Hawkinson. You look at Amon St. Brown and say, all right, these guys are good players, but they're not explosive players. You should be able to limit this offensive, uh, limit them offensively. The Eagles gave up too many big plays, way, way too much rushing yardage. They did a really, really bad job when they used 40 fronts trying to stop the run. 
Uh, Pletcher did not play well against the run. Um, Javon Hargrave did not play well against the run. Uh, for whatever reason, they didn't put Jordan Davis in there early. It, 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 it cleaned up a little bit when he was out there with Marlon Tui Pelotu, which was a bit of a surprise. But overall, you shouldn't give up that much rushing yardage to the Detroit Lions. I think we could all agree on that. John, you are absolutely right about the way Jalen burned that blitz. And I, I was kind of shocked that uh, they didn't anticipate what happens if he does do that. Uh, but we're also now looking at the number of carries he had in this game. Uh, 17 carries. Now, I know a lot of them was him scrambling out of the pocket. 17 carries. Probably if you're looking at last year, you would say that's too many carries for the quarterback. And we've been batting it back and forth today on this show. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it, it, you know, on paper, it looks like too many, to be honest. Uh, and, and it doesn't look tenable over a 17-game schedule. But I go back to Jalen last year. And, you know, when he did get hurt, he got hurt in the pocket. I think people forget that. Um, you, you can't legislate injuries, and that's how he plays. So I don't want to limit how Jalen Hurts plays. I, I, you know, I think if you limit that, look, as, as spectacular as he was with the off-schedule stuff, with the uh, zone read stuff, with read option stuff, um, there were times in the passing game he missed Kenny Gainwell, what should have been an easy touchdown. He leaves some stuff on the field as a passer. I don't want to try to turn him into Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. I need that. I need that yardage from Jalen Hurts in the running game. I need that off-schedule stuff. It makes Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. I can't control that. And I, you know, Seth, how many coaches you've been around? Every single one of them, I bet, told you control what you can control. I, I, you you can't control injuries, so I want the guy to play to his maximum ability, and that's part of it is the off schedule stuff. They, they, there you go, John. I mean, because that's that's my perspective. Is it's like I I'll even take it back to the preseason. They don't want to play guys in the preseason. They want to try to get to the regular season and keep guys healthy. But tell me, what's the difference between a guy being hurt in the preseason and a guy going out in the first five minutes of the first regular season game and being hurt? It's, it's an occupational hazard. Guys are going to get hurt. That's why you have backups. That's why you do all of these things. And you can't get in Jalen Hurts' ear and say, hey, man, listen, I want you to stop running so much and stay in the pocket, you know, and try to try to operate from the pocket. That's just not in his DNA. That's how he's wired. Now, you want him to play that way. But that's just not the way he plays. And to your point, those hidden yards that he creates, those first downs that he gets you to keep drives alive, they're important to your ability to win football games. And he's so important to the rushing game as a whole. I think people say, well, the Eagles can still run the ball. One of the big reasons they can run the ball, yeah, the offensive line is tremendous. We all know that. But Jalen Hurts is that sort of plus one in the running game. You see defenses their heads on a swivel they don't know what to do when he's doing those those mesh point handoffs and the read option uh sometimes they bite he goes outside sometimes he hands it off but miles sanders boston scott uh kenny gainwell are not as effective running the football if jalen hurts isn't part of this offense they're just not they're not dominant running backs they're not derrick henry they are not uh, the Dalvin Cooks of the world, uh, the Nick Chubbs of the world. 
So if you don't have Jalen Hurts, it impacts the rest of your running game as well. And and I think that's sort of underreported part of this uh, this team's offense. Uh, in addition to Jalen's obvious success running football. Hey John, let me ask you this real quick. After Detroit goes down the field and strikes first, uh, Jonathan Gannon decides to dial up the pressure a little bit more. Uh, the next three series in Detroit, you know, go go nowhere for the next three three series. Um, and obviously, one in particular led to that interception where Bradbury scores to change the momentum of the game. But then all of a sudden in the second half, they stop blitzing. I know he wants to get his, like a number of teams in the league, they want their four-man rush to get home. Were you surprised, especially when the momentum started shifting, that Gannon didn't dial up a little bit more pressure to try to take the ball out of Goff's hands? Um, a, a little bit, but but with, with JG, it's always about, okay, tell me what third down is. Is it third and two or is it third and seven? If it's third and two, he's not blitzing. If right. it's third and seven, he might blitz. So if they're not having effectiveness of, of stopping the run, that's going to limit his ability to blitz. Uh, his whole goal is to get the third down, third and seven plus. And if it's third and seven plus, you're going to see more blitzes. Um, if it's under that, uh, he's going to try to play, you know, honest defense, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and look, I know, I know it's not what Philadelphia likes. I talk about it all the time. They want to blitz, blitz, blitz. Um, you know, part of the success in those three and outs, Darren, was the coverage, which I don't know if you can see as well on, on television. Um, those Detroit receivers weren't getting any separation. So I think he could, he, he felt a little bit more comfortable. And then all of a sudden, I don't think the secondary played as well in the right. second half as well. And I think that played into his mindset uh, in addition to, to, you know, Detroit's running game. Yeah, but, but John, the reason, in the play to your point, the reason I asked you the question was this. In the second half in particular, when it was third and sevens, third and nines, he still went with his four-man front, and he had seven-man back. And Detroit was picking up the third and sevens and the third and nines. So I'm thinking the best yeah. way to, to negate that or defuse it is to put more pressure on a quarterback who's well-known for buckling under pressure more times than not. And he did it a couple times. The Eagles could have had a, a couple more turnovers in the first half because Derek Dobb yep. at one point, yep. I think he was three for 10 uh, at one point for yep. six yards, and he <laughs> had one completion for positive yards. The other two were uh, for negative yards. Right. So he was trying to force the football into some really tight windows, uh, and the Eagles had a chance to, to – turn it over uh, a couple more times than what they did. Um, he played better. He played better in the second half. I, I do think a lot of times we get hyper-focused on uh, the Eagles, obviously, for this reason. Uh, but the other teams out there playing as well, yep. I think he played a, 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 not I think, he played a lot better in the second half as well than the first half. John, great stuff. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us out there. And uh, have a safe trip home. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep, it. Travel, John man. McMullen covering the Eagles for uh, Jacob uh, Sports Media. Uh, and we've we, we got game balls here. We're going to give out game balls. Do we have a lot of game balls or just one? I have no idea. I know. Uh, game I balls. Know. 
I know the Devin's C- gone I, in the audience. We've hey, got Dr. Bruce. Hey, I know the CEO of the company told me he have like 50 game balls for the season. But <laughs> when I look at, look at where he's stashing them, if a couple disappear, I'm just telling you right now, I had nothing to do with this. All right. I, I see three over there. So I, I think each of us are going to give out a game ball. Suppose we give it to the same person. Oh, good point. Then I guess he gets three. <laughs> then you got more left over for next week. <laughs> right, the Eagles post game show sponsored by Pond Hockey, Jacob Sports Media on 6abc.com, on Jacob Media YouTube uh, Sports Channel. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. And the show's not over. We're back with the Eagles post game show after this. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Up and go birds. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears. to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney. It is time to check in on our diamond debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Guys, the question for this debate was, did Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts prove that his passing game evolved during the week one game against the Lions? 36% uh, of people say yes. The rest say no, or it is too early to tell. But Mike, Derek, and Seth, what I want to know from you guys is if you had to give Jalen Hurts a grade, I'm talking like high school grades, like he did his homework, he passed the test, what grade are you giving him for this game? Mike, let's start with you. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I could go above a B plus. I'd maybe go A minus. How about oh. if I go A minus today? That's generous. Is it generous? I think so. Oh, B plus then. If that's, if that's oh, you're lower, you're lower. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, like wow. you can't change your grade once you give it out. <laughs> I'm the teacher. I can rub out the grade and go. I'll go B, B plus. Now that okay. was my original thought was B plus, and then I thought I was. Seth was looking at me with cross eyes. I thought I would have to go to A minus, but I'll go B plus. Seth, you know what? I like a B plus too. I, I, I like a B plus because listen, he, he was. I like to see his completion percentage up a little more, but the pressure he was under, he threw a lot of balls away today. You know, so I, I get it. Um, his his completion yardage per play is 7.4%, 7.4 yards per clip. You know, that's not bad either. But the most important one for me is he didn't turn the ball over today. You know, so I mean, I'm kind of bordering right between, you know, B plus you know, and B and, and, a, and a minus, but I'm gonna say B plus for the week. Right, I think the vote's unanimous. I'm gonna give him a B plus. Um, I, I I think he ran a little bit more than I wanted to see him run, but the bottom line is he utilized his overall athleticism to make plays, to keep the ball in the offense's ha hands, and to keep the clock moving, keep them moving in the right direction. Um, he completed 18 passes. He had a couple of outstanding passes, and, and again. It, it's game one of the season, and I have to keep saying this. When you couple in the fact they did not play much in the preseason, the timing was not there where I expected to be. For him to still do what he was able to do against the Detroit Lions team that had him running for his life, I'm going to give him a B plus. I started thinking about a B, but the more I thought about it, I'm going to say a B plus. See, we're all we're all good. We're all positive about Jalen. He he broke their backs. Let's face it, his runs on those blitzes where he escaped out of there that really wears the defense out. And and he did that a lot of times. And he, and he got rid of the ball. He didn't take that negative yardage. And he, when he got to the sideline, he knew it was going to be a play with negative yardage. He made sure he got that throw out of bounds. I tell you what, too, though, if if you want to go back, go back in the second quarter and extrapolate out, you know, that second drive that he had, um, some of the passes that he made from the pocket. To me, were outstanding. 
I mean, he actually stood in the pocket, you know, and and delivered the ball on time with rhythm. I remember one third down, you know, the cornerback was too far off. He threw a deep out to um, to A.J. Brown on the sideline to, to get the first down. He hit Dallas Goddess on the stop route. He hit Zach Pascal on, you know, a little slant. I, I think that, you know, all things being equal, you know, I believe that pressure is every can be every quarterback's kryptonite. And how you deal with that pressure, you know, can be problematic. Like guys who can't move, they're going to stand in there and they're either going to throw the ball away or they're going to take the sack. The guys who can move are going to try to figure out a way to get away. And that's just that's just the truth of the matter. You you're going to do one or the other. You're either going to sight adjust it or you're going to scramble and take off. And he's built to do it the opposite way. And, you know, we may have an issue with it, but I think I saw growth in his pocket presence when the pocket was there. A lot of what you saw him take, and, and, and it'll take us going back and look at the game again, and I'm sure we'll all look at it multiple times again. He didn't leave the pocket just because nobody was open. Most of the time when Jalen Hurst left the pocket today, he left the pocket because someone got through and he had to move. He had to he had to scramble. Yeah, well he accounted for three hundred and thirty three yards today. So not I mean, a bad not day. Bad, but you add the ninety, uh, you know, the passer rating that two forty three in the air, the passer rating was eighty. But the ninety yards rushing really makes it a splendid game for the guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he was proficient and, and, and he was uh, he gave him positive yards. So I can't complain about that. No, absolutely not. Um, again, he, he's an all-around athlete, you know, and you have to look, you, you look at the guys who utilize that athleticism in their careers, a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray. You know, they use everything they have in the toolbox to get the job done, and that's exactly what he did, and I just think, you know, people who might be frustrated with him running too much. Now, I want to clarify, I'm not frustrated with him running too much. I just don't want my quarterback having to run that much because of what happened in this game. You know, defensive players already hate quarterbacks as it is because they're the golden childs in the NFL. And all of a sudden we saw Walker take an unnecessary headshot. And, you know, like we said, we thought it was a concussion protocol. Now, I don't want to see him taking those unnecessary shots. Randall Cunningham was that running type quarterback. What happened with him? He had a knee injury. Yeah, you know, but he got hurt in the pocket again. He got hurt just in the like, pocket. Just like, you know, we talked, just like John talked about, you know, last year when Jalen got hurt, he got hurt in the pocket. You know, most of the time, it's, it's, I'm, I'm of the opinion, and I get what you're saying, because if I'm a defensive player, right. you know, back in my day, if a quarterback had the gall to actually run, yes. I, want, I want to yes. try to take his head off. Yes. There's no doubt about yes. it. But I think that more injuries occur in the pocket for quarterbacks than occur outside of the pocket for quarterbacks. And you know, I don't know. I think he, I think he has the he has more of an ability to control what goes on when he's out on the perimeter than he does when he's in the pocket and he can't see where guys are coming at. Well, well, guys, guys, what I want to know, sorry, Mike, uh, is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people a little bit unhappy that we didn't see much of Quez Watkins. We didn't see much of Devontae Smith. That being said, the Eagles still combined for 38 points. Uh, We certainly saw a lot of A.J. Brown. So how concerned should we be that Jalen Hurts didn't necessarily get to all of his receivers? Uh, And how excited should we be about A.J. Brown? 
Uh, I'm totally excited about A.J. Brown. I mean, you know, what you see with, with those slants is like, if the defense back is, is trying to cover him, he, he just bodies them into an angle that they can't do anything He's about. always open. And, Really, and, and yeah, he is. He seems to be always open. So, uh, I mean, he's uh, like going to have a sensational impact on this season. I, I really believe that. Now, I, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, overthink the Devontae uh, Smith no catches, but you know that guy did everything I expected and more today. When you talk about Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith, today just wasn't their day. It, it, it didn't call for them to be more of a vital input in this game. Obviously, he has that relationship with an A.J. Brown, and his shoulder day, 10 catches, 155 yards. Devonta Smith is going to get his touches as we go along. Quez Watkins is going to get his looks as we go along. But the way the game plan unfolded today, this was A.J. Brown's day, and rightfully so when you, when you think about it. I mean, the dude, when he said open, always open, he was always open today. You got to go to him. You know, Devonta had his four targets. I'm sure he's frustrated because here's a guy who had almost a thousand yards receiving a season ago. Wants to get off to a good start as well. He'll get his. His time's coming. Uh, here's the most important part about AJ Brown today. You know what it is? What's that? Justin Jefferson has six catches for 158 yards in the first half for the Vikings. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> and, unbelievable. And, they're, and they're up 17-0 over the Packers at halftime. So well, let's see. We have AJ Brown, and we've been thinking about Justin Jefferson's performance. You know, I. I, I <laughs> I think that A.J. Brown having the type of day that he had today will be a good thing for the Eagles' offense moving forward. You know, it's almost like the rope dope You know, Muhammad Ali laying on the ropes, laying on the ropes, ties Joe Foreman out, and then takes him out. you you got to give these opposing teams something to prepare for. You know, and when you look, when they look at the film of A.J. Brown today, yeah, if you yeah. think the Minnesota Vikings aren't going to be thinking to themselves, we got to figure out a way to take this guy out of the game. So if they're game planning for that, then next week, what does that do? That opens things up for Dallas Goddard. That things, opens things up for Devontae. It opens things up for, for Quez. It opens things up for, for Zach. I mean, it opens things up, you know, for the running back out of the backfield. So... It, Listen, it, it, it might not have been their day from the standpoint of, you know, touches and being more involved in, in the overall offense, but I believe the good thing is that now you give other teams, you know, something to think about. You know, do we do, do we have to take A.J. Brown away? And if we take him away, at what cost? That can only work. Well, I can see teams doubling, doubling up on A.J. because of what he did today. Yes. And then it's Devontae's time. Then it's Quez's time. It could be Pascal's time. You know, it's going to be that spread the wealth mentality Absolutely. the whole season. Devin, you love A.J. Brown already, right? I, I do. Everyone loves A.J. Brown already. Uh, we are going to hold this conversation for a few minutes because we're going to go to break. I still can't believe I got Mike Masinelli to change his grade just like that. I mean, you waffled <laughs> so quickly. Yeah, well, his grade uh, should be a mulligan because he changed his grade. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around because the Pond the Hockey postgame show will be back in a few.
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Jafty Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Welcome back. It is the uh, Eagles post-game show, Pondla Hockey post-game show. We're live at Ocean Casino, beautiful place. A lot of activity going on behind us with, uh, with the uh, NFL games. Uh, a couple of results that uh, we should get into uh, before uh, we proceed with uh, Dr. Bruce Grossinger and uh, address some injuries. Uh, the Packers are losing, and it looks like they're getting demolished uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings come in next week maybe on a major high. Uh, the Browns beat the Panthers. So uh, my man Baker did not get his revenge 
today yeah. at home yeah. against the Cleveland Browns. 26-24, the Browns uh, beat the Panthers uh, with uh, their quarterback situation. And uh, the Commanders win. And Carson Wentz has a big day, throwing for 313 yards four and four touchdowns. touchdowns. Oh, let the Four TDs begin. for Carson oh, today. Hear it now. You know, you know we're going to hear it now. <laughs> and the first week of the regular season, we already have a tie in the books. Which is hard to believe. The Colts and the Texans tied. Oh, yeah, they, they tied. Tie. That, that is hard to believe. Uh, all right, so uh, the Eagles win 38-35. to 35, And uh, all, all counts, good win. You get out of the way. They, they had the game in control. A couple things that we've quibbled about today. Uh, but also we have to address some, some, some injuries that uh, may have happened. Now, there was a play that we looked at where uh, it was a dirty hit. In fact, I think he got ejected yes. after this play. Yep. Double personal foul where uh, they, they rang uh, Jalen Hurts pretty good when he was on the ground, a helmet-to-helmet hit. And it looked like to us that that would have been a concussion protocol hit. Well, I mean, it looked like it would have been. But, you know, when you, when you really go back and you look at the film, you know, even though the strike was with the crown of the head, it wasn't really helmet-to-helmet. It, it was in the neck, you know, head area. And that's why, you know, he got originally flagged, you know, for unsportsmanlike. And then they got into a little tussle over there, and he got another flag, and that's the one that cost him, you know, to be out of the game. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those situations where, you know, slowly but surely, running quarterbacks learn their lessons. You hope some of them. Like a guy like Michael Vick never got it, never understood it. He was like, I, I don't like to slide. You know, I, I, I didn't like to slide, know you know, in, in baseball. I don't know yeah. how to do it. Um, these guys learn over time. You know, if you want a long career, and this is how you play, I guarantee you, Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball a lot different than he ran it last year after being injured and missing all the games that he missed. But you take enough of those types of hits, at some point in time, you know, the, the, something goes off in your mind where you're like, you know what, I'm already protected. So if I'm protected, let me help myself. Let me add an extra layer of protection. Get what you can get and get out of bounds or get what you can get and get down. Yeah, but see, there's two things that – frustrate me to no end about today's game as we know it. Number one, defensive players don't know what a strike zone is anymore because it's so inconsistent. Number two, we don't know what pass interference is anymore <laughs> because you see hand-to-hand -hand combat, one play, they let it go. Next next play is touch football, they call him P.I. Yeah. So I understand why defensive players in particular are extremely frustrated. We understand the game now caters to the offense. Fans allegedly want to see more points on the ball. They want to see pinball football is what they want to see. But you got defenses out there playing their house out as well, and they don't know what the rules are. Even though you, you read what the rule says, but the people calling the rules are so inconsistent in calling them. You know what the problem is? The problem is, the people that make the rules are guys that never really played football before, so go. they don't they don't understand the speed of the game. You know, it's it, and 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 consider this even even the blow. And I'm not I'm not trying to exonerate the right, kid right. who hit Jalen today. Right. That was just a plain, yeah. flat out dirty play. Right. Okay, but Mike, if you're running the ball and I'm coming to tackle you, okay, and I've locked on target, you know, chest to waist. The minute that I go to strike you, your natural reaction is this, okay? So now you've lowered the, the, the strike zone and you've brought your head into it, not by, by my fault, but by your fault. Exactly. And then you get a flag, exactly. you yeah. get a flag for that adjustment. Yeah. And when I did everything that I could to play the game the right way within the parameters of the game, and you change your level, yet I'm the one that gets flagged for it. It makes yeah. no sense at Supposedly, all. Supposedly, they're, they're, they're looking to address that kind of thing, but they haven't yet, and they haven't figured out what's a, 
uh, the, the penalty, what's not. But, you know, let's get some medical opinions, some legit medical opinions. We play doctors on TV, but we aren't. Let's go to a real doctor. He is, of course, <laughs> our own sports doc. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uh, joins us. Hello, Doc. Welcome to the show. And first of all, let's address the Jalen Hurts hit because you were watching it right along with us. What did you see on that play? And as a doctor, what would have been uh, your uh, advice there? Well, when I, when I first saw it, I was concerned along with you, Mike, that it was a dirty hit because he was, he was to the ground. And I noted that both the, uh, the helmet and the shoulder pads contacted the player. And we were all concerned about Jalen Hurts. After that, he popped right up. There were three opportunities to go into the, to the protocol. One, it could have been cued in by the sidelines, that is, by the coach. Two, Jalen himself. Or three, there's a booth individual who could have said that this is a possible concussion. That's a slippery slope because once you go into the tent and you go through the concussion protocol, there are some ophthalmologic tests, and at that point, it's very tenuous as to the return. So he dodged a bullet there. That harkens me back to the New York Jets game, if you recall. There was a similar dirty hit where Jalen ran out of bounds. He got hit, you know, again dirty, and we're all concerned. And I guess when Jalen runs this much, 70 times, there's going to be a statistical time where he will get hurt. But he did dodge a bullet, and I'm happy to report that we spoke to John McMullen and there's no report of any concussion, so uh, we're happy that Jalen appears to be okay. Right, and the injury report uh, apparently is, is not significant. Fletcher Cox did limp off, uh, but did come back in the game, and I guess Derek Barnett is, is still being bothered by the knee, right? Yeah, from what I'm being told, they're still evaluating uh, Derek Barnett, though they will further evaluate him uh, back here in Philadelphia. Um, you know, when you're talking about knee injuries in particular, Doc, um, are you surprised by the volume of the injuries we see in, in, in today's game? These players are so much bigger, so much faster, so much stronger, and, it's, and they don't practice as much as they used to. Does it surprise you, though, that even though they're more well-conditioned athletes, that you have a high volume of knee injuries? It doesn't surprise me because knowing the knee joint itself, it does support the body, and many of these gentlemen are extremely muscular, and are extremely agile. So you have a combination of mass and force. So if we look at physics, and you look at the knee, which is just a hinge joint, so when the knee gets hit, particularly from the side, definitely prone to different types of injuries, not only the, the dreaded ACL, but also PCL, cruciate injuries. And we don't know the extent of Derek Bardet's injury, and we won't know really until tomorrow when an MRI is conducted on his left knee. Doc, you know, I, I, I got a question, and for me, you know, I, this is a point of contention for me, and it has nothing to do with the actual injury report, but it has more to do, you know, with shoe construction, if you will. You know, back in my day, you know, you had a, a double-mole shoe, which meant that, you know, at the, at the ball of the foot, the shoe broke, you know, so the foot could anatomically work the way that it was made to work. In the name of lighter shoes you know shoe companies have acquiesced to you know these players and their desire for lighter shoes and they've now made a single mole shoe which means that that shoe doesn't bend the way that the old school shoes used to bend um 
how much of that, in your opinion, kind of plays into it? And I think that's something that really needs to be investigated because in our day, we didn't have as many ACL injuries as they had today. I don't know whether that's, a, that's an effect of guys being bigger, faster, and stronger or shoe construction. Yeah, and you make a very good point. I'd like to do that with the football helmet analogy. Football helmets are not made out of steel. They're made out of a material it's supposed to give. And like you say, Seth, the two-piece foot, the two-piece shoe is allowed to give. So those forces are really transmitted and diffused rather than directed to the foot. When you have a molded shoe, a lot of that directs downwards into the foot and ankle, the ankle mortise. And I think because they prefer to have a lighter shoe, they feel like they run faster. I think that does confer less protection to them. All right, that's Dr. Bruce Grossinger, the sports doc. He'll be joining us on um, every uh, Eagles post-game show here, and we'll find out more about the injury situation with the Eagles, obviously, tomorrow on the, uh, the after-game press conference, the day after press conference. It is the Pond La Hockey post-game show. I'm Mike Missanelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner, and we're coming back. More of the show continues after this. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney. Guys, it is our last update for the Diamond debate, and the debate this week was, has Jalen Hurts evolved as a quarterback in the offseason? Did he prove that in game one against the Lions? I asked you guys to give out grades for Jalen Hurts, and you all kind of gave him the same grade. Mike, you, you changed yours a little bit, which I don't know if I'm going to allow that or not. You, you guilted me into that, by the way. So, I, uh, I, yeah. I literally challenged you one time. You've changed, Mike. You've changed is all I have to say. Uh, but I believe you guys have some game balls to give out. We'll see if you change your opinion on that. Yeah, we do have some game balls. And, of course, uh, the game balls are uh, presented by uh, Colony Polls, flywithcolony.com. I think we may come to the same conclusion to get at the game balls. And since I'm going first, I'll spill the beans, and I got to give the game ball to Jalen Hurts. I mean, we we've talked about him in, in a positive way and threw some some negative snips in there, but uh, Jalen Hurts counting for 333 yards and, and making that. You're right, Seth. That big completion to AJ Brown, where that's a man's catch where he bulldozed that corner was trying to get him. That was dropped right in there. So I'm going to give Jalen Hurts my game ball. Well, I'm going to give it to AJ. Always open Brown. In his Philadelphia Eagles debut, 10 catches, 155 yards. Um, I think in one game he's shown us basically what we all thought. He would be a significant addition to this passing game. Very comfortable with his buddy, uh, Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to give mine definitely to A.J. Brown. There it is, 10 receptions for 105 yards and, and of course, uh, some big plays on those slants were fantastic. I need, Seth, a, I need a buzzsaw because I like both. I think I'm gonna, they, they're, all, they're both getting one-and-a-half game balls apiece. <laughs> well, I don't think you can saw a football in half. What, what, what are you going to do with the other part uh, of the I, ball? Uh, I, yeah, I'm not, hey, you, I'm not however, so sure. What you however, however, however you want to do it. I mean, listen. Let's I'm not sure you get the same flight. Jalen Hurts couldn't find any rhythm with any of any of his other uh, receivers, receivers yeah. today, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, without without A.J. Brown, he doesn't have these numbers that we're looking at. I mean, and then you turn around, 
you know, A.J. Brown, without Jalen Hurts, he's not making the catches that he made. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, people are going to look at that and go, 17 carries, what? You know how, how Philly fans are. We've, we've done it too long. That's what I'm today. saying. They're <laughs> right. so, but, exactly what but, I'm saying. It's deceptive. But Seth is right. You're it's right. It's deceptive. deceptive. You're right. You, really, you really have to look at I mean, I can only think of one play today, one play, where they actually called a called running play to Jalen Hurts. Just one play. The rest of them, okay, you can chalk those up to guess what? He's got he's got RPOs that gives him the ability to pull the ball and go. Okay, so you can't put that on the coaches and say, well, you know, you call too many plays for him to run. When you give him a run pass option, you give him the option to run the football. And then a lot of those plays also were called run pass plays that protection got broken down and he had to flee the pocket. So there's a big difference between when you look at those numbers and, and say to yourself, oh, well, he ran the ball 17 times. Yes, he did. But it wasn't necessarily called. It wasn't. It, it, I, I guarantee you Shane Steichen didn't call plays today and say, I want Jalen Hurst to run the ball 17 times. He did times. it the first play of the game, though. <laughs> His first play of the game was a Jalen Hurst run. Because you're trying to set a precedent in the minds of a defense. See, good, good offensive coordination, guys, is really about how you set up the mindset of the defense, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna come out in a formation, and I'm gonna have two running plays off that formation, and I'm gonna call those plays on back-to-back -back situations because what? I'm trying to get you to think that this is what I want you to do. This was what old offensive coordination was like. And then off of that action, I've got three pass plays that I'm gonna give you off of that same action. You know, so when you see them call it the first play of the game, they want they want them to think that hey, Jalen's going to be running the ball today. We're going to give him called running plays today. If I can get you in the box, then guess what? I can get what I want in the passing game, especially if I can do it and I can keep you from 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 blitzing. But the blitzing put a damper on a lot of well, things they, that they, they may have wanted they to do offensively. They were relentless with Look. the blitz, and the yeah. only Absolutely. way he could escape was to do what he did. That man's running for his life. You know, he did have some call running plays, but it was a fire drill for Jay Hurst today. <laughs> he, he really made, was. He made them pay. In a lot of ways, he made them pay. And as I said off the top of this postgame show, I'm surprised that Detroit didn't have a spy on him, especially in the second half, especially the way they were blitzing. But every most of the times, when they came after him, he found that little seam and wiggled free. And that's demoralizing to a defense. Seth, you know that. Well, D, you can only do one thing. You can either come with it all yeah. or you can run a spot. You, yep. can't, you yep. can't do both. Yep. Because that extra guy that they bring that's unaccounted for, that's actually the quarterback's guy. Right. So you either coming and, you, and you're going you're gonna to pressure him and hope that somebody comes free, that one guy, that free hitter comes free, and he can get him on the ground, or – you're going to come with your pressure and have a spy so that if he escapes, you got a guy in place to go get him. Absolutely. You know, in the first drive of the game after the Lions scored, I thought subsequently their drives, uh, Goff looked really shaky. And they, they, he really he looked like defeated. So what was the difference in what they were doing defensively then to where later he loosened up and seemed to be a confident quarterback? Well, listen, a, a, lot, of it, a lot of it begins with pre-snap what he's looking at, okay? If he looks at pre-snap and he's getting something that he's comfortable with and he can predict or he can, you know, he can ascertain what kind of coverage they're in, well, that makes him more comfortable. The more confused that they can make him, the better off they are because, you know, he's not he's sitting in the pocket and he's got this level of uncertainty even before he gets to football. 
you know, even in man-to-man -man coverage, you're better off showing man-to-man -man coverage than you are lining up 10 yards off because he's just going to look at the wide receiver and give him one of these. That means, hey, take the 10, take, give, me, give me a five-yard out route. You can turn it up and get eight all you want. Then again, you look at that second series, Jonathan Gannon turned up the heat a little bit and brought a little bit of pressure. By the time they were secure, we were shocked. By the way, yeah. And, and by the time, <laughs> by the time they were secure and a two-touchdown lead, he had pretty much called in the dogs. And once he called in the dogs, that allowed Jay, that, that allowed Jared Goff to all of a sudden get comfortable in his skin all over again and settle in and settle down. And then he he, he got hot. All right, let's, uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back and, and wrap this baby up. We're having a lot of fun today with the uh, Eagles Pond Hockey postgame show live at the Ocean Casino. Mike Missinelli, Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, back after this to wrap it up. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jafty Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. 
Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney. Guys, I can't believe that our first show is almost over. Uh, Mike, seems like an uncharacteristically positive review from you. I'm a little bit shocked. Yeah, well, uh, well how, did, how did I get this negative reputation when I'm all sweetness and light? I just don't understand it. But listen, I'm looking at this game as a game the Eagles had under control, Devin. And I know it looks like Detroit... Uh, played them tough, but they were comfortable, and they did what they needed to do, and there's some things that we're still going to have to address. The Jonathan Gannon situation is going to continue to be reevaluated. The Jalen Hurts situation is going to be uh, continue to be evaluated, but today he did what he needed to do to win this game, and I thought they won it very comfortably, and I was not ever in fear of them losing this game. Won it comfortably with three yeah, points I, as a differential. Yeah, the, at the final end. score looks like they didn't win it comfortably, but they did. I mean, okay. they, had, they had a cushion, and uh, I don't think that uh, it was very serious that Detroit was going to steal this game from them. They 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 answered whatever Detroit did, and then they let Detroit answer a little bit. I think that maybe they took their foot off the throttle a little bit defensively. I'm not I'm not comfortable with this new new uh, very <laughs> casual Mike Missanelli. Who is he? You know, I, I know. <laughs> when, when, when I when there's a need to rip, I will still rip. Believe me, I will still do that. But look. Um, this team did did exactly what I thought it was supposed to do in a lot of ways. They came out, they beat a lesser opponent, a team that didn't have as much talent on either side of the football as they did. My, my biggest concern is that you let this opponent back in the game. Yes, it was their home opener. Yes, it was in their backyard. You had them down by double digits twice. You should have put the, your foot on their throats. You didn't. The defensive game plan for me has left a lot to be desired. You have too much talent on that side of the football to be playing the way you played against an offense like Detroit. You have to change something because you cannot play the Minnesota Vikings and other teams the way you played the Detroit Lions today because they're going to come back and bite you in the behind. You know, I, I can't wait, actually, to go back and look at this game again in, in, in a little more depth. Um, it seemed to me that Hassan Reddick played a lot of defensive end today. I think yeah, he started yeah. at left end yeah. over BG today. Um, and there was a couple of times in some of those runs that, that DeAndre Swift had where he was getting up the field hard and fast like he thought it, it was a passing situation, um, and it was, it was clearly a run, and he basically ran himself out of the play. I, I want to understand how it is that, you know, he's being deployed, what they're asking him to do, 
in the four-man situation and what they're asking him to do, asking him to do in the five-man situation. A lot of people are upset. You're already on my Twitter line, you know, that, hey, you know, Hassan Reddick, you know, dropped in the coverage too much. Well, listen, in their five-man, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see him do a little bit of everything. In the four-man, I'm a little perplexed because he's going to have to just play straight-up defense, D-Gun, and understand that right, on right. second down, yeah. they may run the, they may run the football. Right. You can't run yourself right. out. I get it. You're only 235 to 250 pounds, but you got to stand in there and play if that's how they're going to deploy him and that's how they're going to play him. With this versatility and the depth they have along the front seven, this defense should be hunting every game. The fact that they had one quarterback sack against Jared Goff, and that sack came by accident only because it was a bad snap from the center to Goff. That's not good enough, Seth. I mean, we can criticize a lot of things. That's not good enough, man. Listen, I, I agree 100%, and Jonathan Gannon is on record talking about how unimportant sacks really are. It's the pressure that you get on quarterback. Quarterbacks is how you make them react. You know, I don't buy that. The Eagles, the, the, Eagles, the Eagles were 31st in sacks last year. Yes. 31st out of 32 teams in sacks last year. And I don't care what you said. Right. He, yeah. he, as, as many bad quarterbacks as the Eagles played in the second half of last year, yes. and as many bad quarterbacks as they're going to have on their, on their schedule yes. this year, yes. you need to be bringing pressure where you make those guys uncomfortable and you force turnovers. Turnovers are forced. They don't just come to you because you want them. They don't come to you just because you talk to them, talk about them. For, turnovers happen because you force the issue and you force the quarterback to make bad decisions. See, Mike, I knew before this show was over that I would get Seth to agree with me on something. You guys have changed my mind. Now I'm totally dissatisfied. <laughs> I agree with you on a lot today, no. man. <laughs> And I will say their run defense has to get a lot better. DeAndre that just too. ripped them apart today, uh, and he, but he's a great player. And I agree with you. You're going to have to get pressure on a quarterback. I mean, a guy like Jared Goff, really, he should have been. Like, they should have been eating out of his hand today. Like he, yeah. Pressure. Yeah. We even looked at it. As soon as you put pressure on, he gets it. Kirk and Cousins. I, and as yes. defensive coordinator, you got to see that. Kirk, and, Cousins, and put the Kirk Cousins next week is another guy who's Achilles heel is pressure. But if you don't get the run under pressure, if you don't get Dalvin Cup cook under control first then you have no way whatsoever of getting of getting that pressure on on Kirk Cousins and you're going to need it all right that's going to wrap it up now I just want to say uh, one thing before uh before we we part here we are doing the show on 9-11 and I do not want to downplay that at all we're all happy that the Eagles won uh but on 9-11 a somber day in, in U.S. history, and so uh, all the people who were affected by this, all the people that lost their lives and their loved ones and their families, keep them in your, in your heart and your mind. And uh, this is who we are as Americans. We rebound. We're resilient. We fight back. So always keep that in your heart uh, on what we did, guys. 9-11. Even at this date, it still sends chills down my spine in terms of how this country was attacked and what so many people had to endure and so many people personally touched uh, in a negative way by what happened. But Mike, you're exactly right. One thing America is about, it's about bounce, bouncing back in, in the face of adversity. And this nation has bounced back. We will never forget that moment. We hold it near and dear to our hearts, you know, and, and we just keep moving forward. Hey, Eagles listen. win it 38-35 next week. The Minnesota Vikings gonna be a challenge. Four.
Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. This is Mike Missanelli. You've been watching the Eagles postgame show sponsored by Pond La Hockey and Jacob Sports Media. Don't forget Devin Caney. And Devin Caney. Hey. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> I apologize. She, she's right on the screen. Seth forgot like, me. We, you yeah, forgot me. It's fine. Got I got flustered. you, though. It's the diamond necklace, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> we're, back, we're back next week. The Vikings are up next. See you. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.